What we do in life echoes in eternity. You will once again be fighting for our freedom. We're fighting for our right to live. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Pro-Life Today on WSFI 88.5 FM and WSFI CatholicRadio.org. I am today's host, Cindy Morales, and I am so happy that you could join us today. I'm also the executive director of Pro-Life Champions, and right now we're working on a project called Shout My Story. Shout My Story is a media, a social media campaign presenting positive stories of women who choose life in difficult circumstances. You know, the kind of circumstances the culture might say abortion is the best solution. One of those situations is when a pregnant woman is given the news that her baby has a chromosomal abnormality. The doctors will tell that mother her baby incompatible with life and recommend an abortion. My guest today, Rosa Alejandro, is here to tell us what it's like to experience this. Her baby, Jason, is 22, almost 23 weeks old, and he was born with trisomy 18. Rosa, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really, really happy to have you, and I'll let my um, listeners know that recently we filmed you for um, our upcoming mini documentary. Where we're going to focus on this issue a little bit more, um, a little bit more in a half-hour mini documentary. So I'm really happy that you're able to come on the radio show and tell everyone that you, what you told me last weekend. So s- can you start by um, introducing yourself and tell um, tell everyone why you chose life for your child? My name is Rosa Alejandro. And I chose life for my child because every child deserves a chance at life. So it's pretty simple, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> when when you when did you find out that he had a chromosomal abnormality? Um, it was around twenty weeks. You went in for a um, for your. Foot? I went in for an anatomy scan to check his size and make sure that we had our dates correct and things like that. And they noticed uh, um, some swollen kidneys, which indicates um, a chromosomal abnormality. And so what did they tell you? Well, they wanted to do further testing, um, in which they did. First, a blood draw. And a week later, they ended up doing um, an amniocentesis. Um, And that was when I felt pressured uh, to abort. Uh, what, What did they tell you? They, um, the fact that trisomy 18 babies, um, they, they call them incompatible with life. He had a 50% chance of making it to a live birth. And, um, those who did make it to the, to a live birth, um, only had a 50% chance of making it through the first week. So they were giving you these dire statistics and saying that you needed to terminate Yes, yes. They um, kept pressuring me um, to abort and um, was consistently um, putting out there the dates of how far along I had to be or could be if I chose to abort. Right, because Ohio has a cutoff date. Yes, and they also gave me the cutoff date for Michigan. Okay, so, because you don't live too far from there, right? Correct. Listen, a lot of people probably don't know exactly what trisomy 18 is. Can you tell us, you know, and, and what did they tell you? Like, if your baby lives, this is what you can expect. Did they give you any 
any idea of what the illness looks like? Uh, yes, uh, full trisomy 18 is um, uh, the triplicate of your uh, 18th chromosome. And um, my son has full trisomy 18, which means that every organ, every cell in his body um, has that extra chromosome, which the severity of, um, of how it affects each organ varies. So for him, and for Jason, we knew at that point that he had um, swollen kidneys. We knew that he had a hole in his heart. Um, we knew that there was going to be some complications and some difficulties um, in raising him. We were told that he would never go to a regular school. Um and, and basically, it was highly likely that he'd never leave the hospital. Okay. And so you, you did mention the doctors were pressuring you to have an abortion. Did you feel that they were really pressuring you, or were they simply presenting abortion as an option? Like, okay, you could do this, you could do this, you could have a termination. I feel if they were giving me options, um, they wouldn't have uh, mentioned abortion as many times as they did so just because they mentioned it a lot of times that itself was pressure yes definitely um it it basically i was already um terrified uh of this diagnosis um and, and in that vulnerable state they kept mentioning you know to to abort to abort to abort and and i I, I, I was scared. But you chose life because you felt that. I chose, I chose life because God gave me this baby. And God will take this baby when he sees fit. So for you, and if, it was like a faith, a faith decision. You're, you, you believe in God and you. Yes. Think, okay. God makes no mistakes. And my son is here for a purpose. You have a kind of interesting um, story of his birth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Go ahead and talk about that a bit. My son was born at home. Uh, it, it was not planned that way. Definitely not planned that way. Uh, he came at 30 weeks. Uh, he weighed two pounds, 15 and a quarter ounces. And... Um, uh, he came very fast, <laughs> very fast, within a half an hour from the start of contractions to um, me holding him on my chest. The EMTs were here to help, um, but we definitely did this all with, with our faith. So God was here with us that day. But there, okay, the doctors told you that he had a 50% chance of not even making it to birth. So he came out, he's alive, and he was, he was breathing, everything was okay at first? Yes, yes. Um, he was, um, I was very anxious and nervous um, because of what I had been told. And um, he, when I heard that first little whine, that whimper, <laughs> I knew everything was going to be okay. 
And then you went to the hospital? Yes, they um, they transported us to the local hospital. Um, and that hospital is not equipped for premature babies, let alone trisomy 18 babies. And so um, the NICU came and we were transported there afterwards. But um, he, he did start to struggle with breathing and he was intubated. Um, but other than that, he was perfect. <laughs> and how long was he in the hospital before he came home? He was in the hospital for 13 days. And what sort of, um, what, what sort of uh, support did they, what sort of treatment they give him in the hospital? Um, in the hospital, they had, um, they helped him breathe. Um, and they just, you know, basically had monitors on him. Uh, he's fed through uh, a feeding tube, um, an OG tube through mm -hmm. the mouth. And um, basically, when the 13 day came around, they said, you know, um, everything that they were doing at that hospital, I could do at home with the help of hospice. And that was very important to me to be able to bring him home after all that they were telling me. <laughs> and so we did on Valentine's Day. Okay, so hospice came home with you and what kind of support? So if a person who was in the situation, they made it this far just like you did, what kind of support did hospice give you at home? Oh, um, a lot of spiritual, um, emotional, um, they were there to learn just like I was. Um, they don't have too many babies on their team um, or as their clients. And um, definitely was the first trisomy 18 baby that they had. So we did a lot of research together. Um, they helped with, with everything from feeding to soothing to... Um, just researching, finding out more information on, on this diagnosis and um, was definitely there to comfort myself um, and Jason. But they're, um, so now today, they're, they're not there anymore, right? They, um, Jason is still under hospice, but they come, when he came home, they were here 24-7 um, and we have gotten him stable and uh, to where the nurses really didn't have much to do here because I did it. Mm -hmm. And um, Jason's dad done it. Um, we've been doing it since the beginning and um, we felt comfortable enough to where we could provide his care. And they come once a week. Or if, or if something's going on and I need to, to have more support here, I can always call them, and they're here. Okay, so tell us a little bit about, say, a typical day with, with Jason right now. He's still an infant. And in fact, that's what I noticed when I was there. Even though he's 22, 23 weeks now, almost 23 weeks old, he mm -hmm. was born 10 weeks early. So that makes him more like 
13 weeks old. So he's he's really like three months, like three months, so a little tiny newborn baby still. So what kind of day do you have as with a newborn baby who has trisomy 18? Well, um, just like any non-trisomy 18 baby, he sleeps a lot. Um, he's, you know, diaper changes and um, feedings. We do feedings every three hours. Um, and, and, and a lot of cuddling and um, catching those moments where he's smiling. And uh, he recognizes anyone that comes in the, the room to, to speak to him, <laughs> especially his dad. <laughs> he definitely knows our voices. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the difficulties that you've had since you've been at home? Um, definitely would be his heart. Um, he has bradycardias, which is where your heart rate drops to a dangerous level. And I, I'd have to say that those are my most difficult times. Um, CPR on a baby that small, he's um, only about five pounds, is um, very difficult on his body. So we, we chose to do comfort. Mm-hmm and stimulation you know what rosa we're gonna take a break um we're gonna um we'll we'll, uh, be right back i'm cindy morales you're listening to pro-life today on wsfi 88.5 fm Agnes of the School Sisters of Christ the King in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I believe Catholic Radio is an important tool for the new evangelization. The times and I have been on the road traveling different places um, looking for something good to listen to. I've been really uplifted by what I hear on Catholic Radio and I feel like it's a good source of education too and I can learn lots more about our faith. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois, 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. The Knights of Columbus proudly present Paul Todd, renowned Christian artist and minister. Paul and his son, Paul Todd Jr., entertain families with family-friendly music. Looks like Rod Stewart, The Four Seasons. Steve Perry, and Josh Grogan. Paul accompanies himself by playing six keyboards simultaneously. Paul Todd will be performing at St. Mary of Vernon Catholic Church, Indian Creek, Illinois, on Tuesday, July 30th at 7 p.m. in the Church Parish Center. Tickets are $25 and are available after all weekend masses and during the week by calling Richard Snap at 863 241 
7013 or email him at snappr2003 at yahoo.com. And we're back. You're listening to Pro-Life Today on WSFI 88.5 FM, and I am Cindy Morales. I am speaking with Rosa Alejandro, who 23 weeks ago gave birth to a little boy named Jason who has trisomy 18. You know what, Rosa? We went um, out of the hospital too fast. I wanted to ask you a question about your experience there. Um, When you were in the hospital, did you get the feeling that the people who were helping you with Jason, the nurses and the doctors, were more interested in providing comfort care because he was going to die rather than treatments so he could live? At that point, um, well, even at this point, I do feel that they were um, basically just showing him comfort care. Um because of the stats and things that were out there. It seems to me that they have... Those babies don't make it through. Right. They have an idea in their head that um, trisomy 18 is a fatal illness. So it's not something you treat. Is that kind of how they were? Yes. Um, There are are avenues that, that you can take. Um, but they they felt that Jason's heart was not strong enough to basically do any of it. Um, can you share? And I think that's. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, uh, can you share um, with the listeners some of the things that might be available to Jason if his heart were a little stronger? Like, what are some treatments that? I, because I think it, like. I'm not alone in, in, I don't know much about trisomy 18. I, you know, I heard about it because of Bella Santorum. Um, but the general idea is that it's a fatal illness. Um, as I told you when we met, I have a friend whose baby was born with trisomy 18 just a few weeks ago, and her baby only lived five days. Um, and she fully expected that to happen. She wasn't given any hope, and she wasn't given any idea that there was any possibility of treatment whatsoever for trisomy 18. So I'm wondering if you if you know of, if, if there are the options. I know Jason can't take advantage of it right now because his heart isn't strong enough, but what are some of the things that might be able to be done to help him if his heart gets stronger? Um, well, first he would need um, heart surgery. Um, he has three holes in his heart. Um, his aorta is narrowed, and he has a PDA. Um, um, that that would require multiple surgeries to fix. Um, and, and with his heart issue, it's causing issues with his liver. Um, just a simple, simple uh, surgery for his hernias would help him. Um, there are definitely a lot of different treatments, um, different surgeries for, uh, you know, different, different organs <laughs> um, that could help these children. And I've seen it through um, Facebook. There's a, a group, Trisomy Families, 
and um, you know I've seen trisomy 18 babies who you know six months three years old ten years old into teenage years um, who definitely had aggressive treatment um, who was able to go through different surgeries um, whether it was a trach um, whether it was a feeding tube through the through the abdomen um, and some you know have uh, different um, medical equipment to help them you know walk and and, and get around um, there's definitely definite definitely areas to pursue uh, your research in I know with Jason you're taking things one day at a time um, but right now he's stable every day is a gift if he gets older and bigger are those surgeries a possibility um, it's it's definitely a possibility However, with his heart, um, we do see what the doctors are calling a decline. Uh Um, His heart rate is steadily slowing down. Mm -hmm. Um, So at this point, we're just grateful for each day and and thanking our God for that. I wanted to... um let people know who are listening who may want to know that there is an organization um, that I recently found trisomy.org that runs a conference that by the time this airs will have just happened in Ann Arbor but every year I think they have this conference called soft soft where you can go and get um, a lot of different information Um, this year the children are being um, seen at a hospital called Mott's Children's Hospital. I believe it's in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's a, a apparently, um, and I'm learning as I go, that this is a hospital that is like a premier treatment um, hospital. Is yes. that that's correct? So if yes. people want to know more about Trisomy 18 and treatment options, they can go to trisomy.org and look them up and find out where some of those treatment options might be. The other the other thing we sort of slid over to a little too quickly was hospice. Um, there is such a thing as perinatal hospice, which is a hospice that's specifically dedicated to families with children who have a very serious illness, um, potentially fatal, like trisomy 18 or an which is always fatal Um, and they come in and they help families like yours um, deal with the 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 birth and the you know subsequent early death of their child but the hospice that you were dealing with they're just a regular hospice not a special perinatal hospice Um, the hospice that I have I have a social worker I have um, an RN um, the doctor Um, I do have um, Um, a woman who would help with um, when the time comes that Jason would pass Mm -hmm. Um, there there are a lot of resources through the hospice that that Jason has Mm mm-hmm Okay, that's good to know. Um, I'm interested myself in learning more about perinatal hospice because I don't know very much about it. It's another thing I'm learning as I go with this project. Um, let's talk more about Jason now and some of some of the simple things that go on day to day that give you a lot of joy and him a lot of joy. Um, I think if 
someone's listening to your situation and they might think, wow, this is really serious, it's, you know, scary, a lot of, lot of, you know, scary stuff going on here, a sick child. But what are some of the joys? You know, throughout the, the, the difficulties, there's plenty of joys. There's plenty of blessings in every day. Um, when I give him his bath, <laughs> for me, it's a joy because he's screaming and he doesn't like his baths. <laughs> and he's, you know, throwing his little fists up, um, letting me know that he does not like this. However, after that bath, and he gets rubbed down with his oil, and he gets to cuddle up next to you, smelling clean and <laughs> fresh. Um, that's definitely a joy. And um, he's he's trying to um, suck on a pacifier, oh, good. which that's a huge step for him. And um, to be able to breathe while he's sucking. Um, on it um, so that's also a joy um, when his dad walks in the room and he says anything and Jason's eyes are wide open and he's looking over towards where his dad is standing and and you can tell that he knows that's his dad mm -hmm. and 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 when we are changing his feeding tube and his cannula and we have every every um sensor his leads his cannula off his feeding tube out and he has none of those things on him and you can see the smile because <laughs> he sure doesn't like those things they're kind of getting uncomfortable for him so um, that's definitely a joy. Mm -hmm. Excellent. That's definitely a joy. Uh, when I was there, um, he, your um, aunt was singing to him, which I thought was um, really precious. She's there to help you, and she seems to have a really great relationship with Jason. Yes, she does. She also has a great relationship with God and has helped me with my faith. And... Um, you know, with, with her songs, when she comes in and sings with Jason, um, he definitely relaxes. You can see it in his numbers. Um, he loves to be sung to. What advice and words of encouragement can you give to women who are facing this kind of difficulty in their pregnancy? Well, I know it's hard. And I know emotionally you probably feel like you're um, a wreck. Um, but turn it over to God. And um, I prayed for strength. I prayed for strength to be um, the mama Jason needed, that he needs. Um, I, I prayed to... Uh, I prayed to God to take away the panic that was in my heart because I don't want him to, I don't want Jason to feel panic. Um, I want him to feel the love. Mm -hmm. And um, my advice would be take it day by day, day by day, because nobody knows how long you have with your child. So, um, treat each day like a blessing and um, 
although it is difficult and although it might seem scary with all these, you know, machines and tests and and all the negativity that's surrounded by it, there's definitely a ton more positive positivity around it than um, than there is negativity. Thank you. Thank you so much. Rosa, we're just about out of time. Um, so I want to thank you again for joining us and sharing your story. Um, thank you for having me. I'm really, really, really pleased. Um, have everybody else, um, check out the other stories on shoutmystory.org. If you'd like to become a pro-life champion, you can contact me at info at shoutmystory.org. I'm Cindy Morales, and you've been listening to Pro-Life Today on WSFI 88.5 FN. 